favourite albums discussed track by track. On today's podcast... Campbell and Jack. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Track by Track with Campbell and Jack. Joining me as always, Jackie Walker. How are you? Thank you very much, Campbell Morath. Very good to be here. First time this this season, you've had a bit of an introduction. Oh, it's good to get on the good to get on the board early. I like to let you out of the cage every now and again before the show, and just you know allows you to stretch the legs a little bit. Oh, on an appropriate album. Uh, one of my picks. One of your one picks of my this favorites. week. One of my uh, only fitting that we picked it because, of course, you've recently attended a concert. And also, I've recently attended a concert as well. But just before we get in- into any of that, a little bit of housekeeping. We are on iTunes. Please be sure to leave a rating and review. It yes. certainly means a lot to us. We're, all, we're also on Facebook. Please do uh, give us a like yep. uh, or comment on anything by all means. And a review on, on Facebook as well, if you wish. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that works somehow. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Now... Uh, as a bit of a lead up into the album we're doing, Campbell, you went to see Mr. Entertainment, Robbie Williams. The great Robbie Williams, I certainly did. Um, yeah, look, I'm a bit... Now, now just quickly before hmm. you start, I asked you um, a day or two after the show, what was it like? Yeah. Because you were really looking forward to it and you said, wasn't what I expected. No. And, what, and, what does that mean? And I worded that carefully because I didn't want to say that I was disappointed. Um I just feel like maybe I expected him to be like more energetic, more over the top. He's certainly an entertainer. Of course. Um, but from what I've seen and what you hear in his albums, you kind of get that uh, the kind of much younger kind of exuberance. Mm. So I think but he was perhaps a little bit road-worn. He'd been on tour for a while and a little bit... Yeah, he's middle-aged now yeah. as well. So, so certainly that sort of catches up with him, especially considering... Uh, his younger life. And yeah, well, he set such a high precedence yeah. of his performance. And then... To go and see him and it not be all that you want it to be. I mean, he played all of his hits. Um, as advertised. As advertised. It's going to be hit after hit after yeah. hit. Um, and it was. And so that was good to hear those songs. He does that thing that, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but you know when there's a big chorus or something, he lets the crowd sing. Well, that's sort of part of the live uh, setting. That thing. It, it's sort of, you can have a, a lot of different opinions on this. You could almost see, uh, see it as a bit of a, a lazy option. Yeah. You know, oh, gee, I'm not sure if I can sing this chorus. Might get the audience to sing it. But to me, it's just part of the whole live environment. It makes you yeah. feel part of the show. I think when it's done too much, it can be a bit of a cop-out. Right. And so I'm like, so, oh, yeah, yep. cool. Like, this is your song, right? Um, so, yeah, I was, I was happy that I saw him. And it's really, you talk about, like, commercialised, Robbie Williams, right? And you walk in, uh, is that Rod Laver? So yep. you walk in, all of the screens have... I'm gonna, I'm gonna even retell it. This is exactly what he wants me to do. Uh, Swiss Royale coffee. He's, he's, he's got a gun to your head right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Swiss yep. Royale coffee. In the studio. Right. He says, "There's the first thing you see is ad that airs in Europe, and it's got Robbie Williams in like this Cadillac with the roof <laughs> off, drinking his coffee and going. You know, it's like a James Bond kind of character. Yep. Um, and everyone's like, well, that's a really strange way to start." you show and then he comes out and the whole thing was like a boxing match like that was how that was yeah because I, I remember seeing like the album cover and it sort of had that boxing match mm. sort of setting to it or something so like that they had the voiceover come on like, let's get ready to rumble or so did he come out in like the, the robe and yeah and the right it was yep. very cool very well done um but, but 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't exactly what I had envisioned, anticipated. So, and you've watched a lot of Robbie's performances yeah, in the past, I mean, which is something I want to touch on a little bit later because in the lead up to this podcast, I was uh, watching a fair bit of Robbie Williams uh, performing live, and it just had these these fantastic entrances yeah. and just things that he did you on see stage. See the one where he pops up from the bottom of the stage. Yeah, there's this little like <laughs> like hydraulic lift thing that throws him up in the air, and there's all that kind of stuff. So, um. Yeah, I wasn't like disappointed, but I was. It was not how I anticipated. What be. What did he open with? Um, the heavy entertainment show from the new album. From the new album. Yep. And then he went into that's uh, the one with the party like a Russian song. Yeah, isn't which it? Which is an absolute track and a half. That one as well. Um, <laughs> Dance till you got concussion. Yeah, he just finds all these <laughs> things wrong with Russian. Um, I think, and then after that, he did. Um, it might have been. I can't remember now. It was another huge hit. Like the first five songs were like... Let Me Entertain You was surely in Let early, me, yeah, early that was June. It. Let Me Entertain yep. You was second. Um, so it was great because the, the first song kind of faded down mm. and then the next song... The opening bars. The of, ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 yep. And then everyone just goes crazy. So um, it had all of the all of the makings of a great show but didn't quite... Didn't quite take off. It, which is okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted to see him and see what it was like. Yeah, I, I'd love to see him live. My dad actually went to see him at Day on the Green yeah. the other week. Yeah, and he said, that was said a great was, show. Yeah, said it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a, it'd be I, interesting to see how it would compare like an outdoor setting versus an indoor setting or how yeah, that really and, affects his performance. And the night, you know, and the mm. night, you know, how he feels in the day. It's all a very personal, personal thing and they're not robots and they're human and sometimes they're better than other times. It's all that kind of stuff. So, um, oh, I would, and I would go and see him again, you know, so. Of course. So he's got me, I'm going to be a return customer, which is exactly what he'd want yeah beautiful pay the bills <laughs> <laughs> now uh obviously we're doing a robbie williams album today which we'll get to in a sec but yes. i thought it would be fitting if i spoke about the concert i went to the other week which has a, a very special place very, very nostalgic yeah especially uh, for our, our yeah, podcast as well especially for the podcast i went to see jet last week yeah uh, so they performed it was one of those twilight at the zoo performances at, at melbourne the zoo. they are fantastic those at the moment everyone you, keeps telling me I it was a uh, neil and his son liam finn yeah uh, they did a three-night uh residency there and they sold out every show yeah i gotta go see neil finn that's, that's on the that's on the, plans, that's on the bucket so. list yeah but it's a fantastic environment as well i mean it's mm. at the zoo so you can't really complain so you can you know set your stuff down you can go around have a look at the animals for a little bit if yeah. you want yeah. Uh, me and the person I went with, we decided to stay at our spot because we got a really good spot close to the front of the stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we didn't really want to leave that and that be taken by someone else. So we elected not to look at the animals. Yeah. But what was interesting is that the animals all go to bed at seven o'clock, right. which coincides uh, <laughs> with the time the first band starts. Right. So they go to sleep and then all of a sudden all this big heavy rock yeah. music starts. Poor playing. things. Yeah. Trying to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so opening act you had the Spazzies do you know I've heard of the Spazzies so they're an all girl punk band very much in the uh, ways of the Ramones okay bit disappointing honestly because they have some great songs yeah they've certainly got that two minute punk song uh, down pat down pat yeah there's some fantastic songs there but the performance itself came across as very amateurish Mm. you know there were a few false starts them you know talking to each other on stage Mm just like um you know it was obviously something about the next song and it just they didn't really seem prepared for it yeah you know yeah. but i mean it was still an okay show but i was expecting maybe a little bit more mm. but then onto the main course i suppose and jet came on yeah and 
I'm going to take a leaf out of your book, Campbell, and say that it was like Robbie Williams in that they met my expectations yeah. around about, but they didn't really do exceed anything them. to exceed them. Okay. Uh, so they opened with Get What You Need, which is a staple of their set for since their debut album, of course. Yeah. And which we covered on the show. Go back of, to the of very course, first. Of course. So I think the first three or four songs was a case of, as you said, hit after hit after hit, mm. like with Robbie. It was Get What You Need, She's a Genius, Roll Over DJ, you know, those sort of songs, great songs. Yeah. But after that, it just fell into a bit of a lull. Like for six or so songs in a row, just were songs that you didn't really go there to hear oh, unless yeah. you were a big diehard Jet fan. Yeah who listens to Shine On and maybe Shark I Rock back-to-back. Back. Yeah. But, yeah, it just fell into this little lull in the set. And then they did Look What You've Done and then everything picked up again. Then just like, hey, here's another one from Shine On and they go well, see, into Shiny it's, Magazine. It's almost like you, once you, you sense that in the audience, surely you turn around and say, look, let's just change the set list. Yeah. Just have a little, have a little like, two-minute set, the two-minute two conversation. Instead of playing this song, this song, let's, they obviously just want to hear the... The hits. The hits, which the hits. is, you know... Which they have in abundance. Yeah. Okay, plenty of good and, songs. And after that, after that lull of about six songs or so, then they went into Are You Gonna Be My Girl, Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is, Take It or Leave It, those yeah. sort of songs. And everyone's just going nuts. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And I'm just thinking, why not put those six or seven songs at the end, which were all hits, and just spread them out throughout the show? Mm. Uh, instead of having that little lull of five or six songs that just didn't really, really go anywhere. Mm. But they sounded fantastic. Nick, his voice was on point. Yeah, it was right. probably actually the best I've ever heard it. Wow. Not that I've ever heard it live, but... It's a big call, isn't it? Watching live performances and hearing him on the record. It's almost like he has more control over it now. Well, yeah, yeah I suppose it is like a craft that you yeah. learn, you know, and uh, I suppose it's the more you do it, the better you get so you have to think up that big hiatus mm. the fact that he comes when he had his solo project yeah do you, do you want to hear some advice on how to listen to his solo record yeah, sure don't I, what was that main that, what was his single there was a single that was actually really good it was, was really, good it was really psyche and proggy and I really liked that but the rest of it just didn't really yeah. go anywhere solo unfortunately records are, solo records are a bit like that mm. we may touch on that later in the year um, the art of the, a good solo record yeah um, so yeah that's a, that's a fair enough analysis. Yeah, but to meet but not exceed expectations. But the crowd were right into it, of course. Yeah, well, you'd, you'd hope so. There, there were several chants that started uh, throughout. You know, one more album, one more album. <laughs> yeah. And I think Chris said at the back, he's like, oh, you know, there've been rumours. Oh really? So, so you never know. They did do that song last year. My name is Thunder. Did you ever hear no. that? It was with the Bloody Beatrice, who are a, oh, yeah. like a Swedish electronic duo yeah. or something. Yeah. It's a very weird collaboration, but yeah. it's still the Bloody like... Bloody Beatrice haven't done anything in years, so I think they must have just called each other today. We're not doing anything. Let's Both of... our careers are sort of struggling yeah, at the let's, moment. Let's, 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 let's go, pump out a go single. Together, yeah. uh, it's, it's a bit of a... I wouldn't say it's a weird tune, but it just seems a bit out of place, yeah. I suppose. Uh, yeah, have a listen to it. I will. Yeah, I will. So now, Campbell, we'll move on to our uh, album of today, and we mm. sort of touched on it a little bit before. Robbie Williams. Mm. So if you want to provide, if you, if you want to provide a bit of an introduction to this album. Yeah, well, I, I suppose the reason why we picked it is because of of the concert, mm. and I and we've I, been talking about doing a Robbie album for a long yeah, time. Definitely, because I, you're a big fan of him. I'm I'm a big fan, but I haven't really delved into any of his albums yeah. before. Um, and I, I suppose I just wanted to look at it as far as 
uh, it's probably the album with the most amount of kind of hits on it. Um, it was a really interesting time in his life. He just had, this, he had, he had just signed the biggest record deal in... 80 million 80 pounds. Million with, with EMI. EMI. Um, so there's a there's a, a couple of little digs at, um, at EMI and stuff in the album that we'll talk about later. And uh, yeah, I thought it was it was brilliant, and I thought that um, I would enjoy to to do it. And I thought let's do some Robbie, and it was great, and it was great, and now, it was really great. On my weekend, I went to the park, and it was fun. <laughs> um, so here is Escapology. Escapology. Got the idea for Escapology going up Laurel Canyon in Los Angeles. There's a house on the right, and it's supposed to be Houdini's. And I was just coming up, and I thought, Houdini's cool. And I'd look at his posters on the on the web. Some of the imagery that he had was amazing. And uh, the first idea was to get all his posters and to put my head in his place. And uh, we've sacked that and come up with something better. Basically, I've just been working too hard, and uh, I needed a bit of time off. In the back of my mind, I always thought, you know, this is just a case of that you, you've burnt up. But uh, there was another bit of me that was saying, no, 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 that's definitely over. It's definitely over. Um, uh, put this album out next year. I'll release one single off it. Let that go and then start a band and go and chase you 2 for their biggest band in the world, Crown. We used to go around people's houses and see that they got a fantastic record collection. And I was never in them. You know, and that upset me. I think there's a lot of closet Robbie Williams fans. And um, I think this album may make it possible that uh, the few hundred people that haven't bought my album could buy it. Robbie Williams. Mm. Big, big fan. Um, I think it was actually this album was the first one I had heard. I remember it was a song, Sexed Up, uh, yes. that was on video hits about 10 years ago. And I just thought it was brilliant. I thought... It was just kind of my like my pop star of my youth. Yeah, like, exactly. Everyone has one of those, just their pop stars where they say, "Oh, all this other pop is rubbish," and this is the way. But this guy this is guy is amazing. This is it. He's an yeah. enigma. Um, Saying that, I always thought Robbie had the X factor. Yeah, be- well, before it became a, a hit, you know, reality TV singing show or whatever. Yeah, that was the X factor. Yeah, he had he had it all down. He had it all. In, in his concert, he does these little bits of choreography or he's doing like a tiny dance moves. Mm. But it's just that the little bit of effort go, yes. goes such a long way. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he's... Uh, and he writes his own songs, which is... Yeah, or at least has a hand in writing them. Yeah, uh, Guy cool. Chambers, his Guy producer, Chambers. has a quite a big hand in some of that as well. Yeah. But that's the thing. With this album, I did a bit of research and this is the album where Robbie started to come out of his shell a yeah. little bit. In the, in the studio in particular. Yeah, and as a songwriter, definitely. Yep, exactly. So we'll move on to a bit of trivia. So this was released on the 18th of November, 2003. It's produced by Guy Chambers, who we just mentioned, and Steve Power. And you mentioned before, Campbell, it's the first album that comes after Robbie Williams uh, and he signed a when he signed a £80 million record deal with EMI. And uh, that was, yes, the biggest deal in British music history, and I think still is. Yes, well, he had um, the last four uh, singles of his albums had all gone to number one. Mm. And he thought, look, this is something that I need to kind of do to take the next step, go on those huge British labels. Um, It was kind of on 
on the basis of them having a bit more control um, over some of the songs and some of the content. Yeah, because they like, really wanted Robbie to crack America. Yeah. Uh, which he hadn't really done um, at this point. Yeah. So there's, but they, there's, don't, they don't really like the larrikin in America. It's not really there. Mm, yeah, it's not really their thing. That British accent. Yeah. I mean, even though Robbie sings with an American accent most mm. of the time, uh, the whole yeah British larrikin, mm. you know, it's almost like bogan voice isn't really. Yeah, well, their, Stratford their upon thing. Trent, where he's from, is a real kind of working class yeah. place. So, um, it's um, that's interesting. See, I, I hear some of his kind of British accent come through. I'm not sure if you saw the same footage as I did, but he's talking about um, in a song "Come Undone." Mm. Um, he says Saturday because that's how he, yeah. that's how he actually says. It. He doesn't say Saturday. There's a funny thing in the uh, this uh, making of documentary I watched, and it's actually covering that. Yeah, and Robbie can't help but say Saturday. Yeah, he's like Saturday. Yeah, he says Saturday is not what yeah. I say. I'll see, I'll see if I can play that now. Yeah. here we go. I know everything! <laughs> Look, I just wanted to... Yeah, I know you. You know in the middle eight, what? That line, uh... What? The line that ends in Saturday. Saturday! It's Saturday! <laughs> Saturday! Yeah. Saturday! Yeah! Yeah? I think it might be better if it was Sunday. Right, another... No, 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 go on me on Saturday. Write another bell and mix it on a Wednesday salad on a Thursday by yacht by Sunday. It's a love song. What am I doing on Saturday? So occasionally it does sort of show in his vocals. Like, I think another example I can think of is Rock DJ. He's, you know, raps in that yeah. British accent. That's true, yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, I suppose rapping is because they're shorter, they're shorter phrasing. You hear mm. that accent come through. Um, so. Yeah, and he plays it well. He does. He does both. He does pretty yeah. well. So, and it, it's funny hearing him in the studio. He'll start singing as we just played, uh, speaking in this um, uh, you know real British accent. Then when he sings, it just transitions into yeah. this beautiful American voice. Yeah, it's, it's just really takes you off guard. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few songs here. Uh, Nan song and come on, come undone were some of the first songs that Robbie wrote without the input of Guy Chambers. Yeah. So again, he's starting to break out of his shell a little bit, which is great. Mm. Fifth album in his career, his fifth British number one debut. Yeah. Which is just an incredible record. Mm. I'm not sure how he went be after this album, but following his success in Take That, yeah. of course. Yeah. Everyone. He, he, he was a household name mm. with that with the, that group. And, of course, when he went on to do a solo uh, career, which has almost become bigger than Take That. Oh, if far you, bigger than, yeah. Um, yeah, Five from Five is still He's terrific. number one highest selling British artist ever. Solo artist. It's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. To think of that is unbelievable. All of the great solo artists come out of England mm. and he's topped it. So, EMI. So, as we said before, they attempted to break Robbie to the American market um, and so they tweaked Escapology to sort of suit that American uh, market so the American release uh, we're doing the British release today the American release shuffled the song order they removed Song 3 Hot Fudge and Cursed and one hidden track uh, along with that and added Get a Little High and One Fine Day so those songs aren't on the version mm. we're looking at 
and they made How Peculiar, which is the opening track in the British version, a reprise at the end of the album. Mm. So, And also, Escapology was also conceived to be a concept album due to its uh, a lot of its lyrical content being really reflective of Robbie Williams as a big star in the uh, Hollywood spotlight. Oh, yeah. Yep. So with that, um, I think we'll go straight into the first song. Yeah. How Peculiar. How peculiar opening track thoughts? Yeah, I mean a peculiar choice. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a good song. It it's, is, yeah. It's um, a pretty easy kind of entrance. Has a it has a bit of everything though, doesn't it? It does. It does, and I think that's what they're going for. The mm. Yeah, as an opening track, I don't think it's the strongest choice. No. I think there's a few songs later on that certainly would uh, benefit from being the opening track. Like in the American f- version of the album, I think Feel is the Well, that's the next track, track isn't yep. it? So, um, I mean, yeah, Feel's a, feels a great song. Mm. Um, I'm not even sure Feel's the right choice. It's, it's, I mean, it's a tough kind of album to open, I suppose, because as you say, it does have a bit of everything. Yeah, so um, what do you use to really establish that? Yeah. Well, I mean, this song is, has got a great, like, really good groove to it. Well, firstly, that opening acoustic chord progression that sounds like it could have come out of morning glory by oasis in the mid 90s it has yeah. a real gallagher sort of style in the songwriting yeah this is that chord progression so i'll play that now And the, even the vocals, actually, now you mention it. You could uh, hear Liam singing you could. over it, couldn't you? Um, so, that's an interesting little thought. I haven't even given that any consideration. It, I don't know why, but just first time I heard it, I thought that's a very Oasis sound to mm. it and the guitar. and Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely could hear uh, Liam Gallagher singing over that. Well, it's great to hear some um, some acoustic guitar so so soon mm. as well. Uh, we always talk about how most albums, almost every album should have some form of acoustic instrument. It's yeah, it, I think a lot of people uh, shy away from it mm. a little bit. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not really sure why, but a lot of times it can almost seem a bit of an afterthought when people actually put it in. So, yeah, again, good to hear it here. And what is great is the, uh, along with the acoustic guitar, is the electric guitar on this track. You hear some, almost like a bit of, bluesy country sort of style guitar with the with the slide and there's a there's a bit of bit of twang in like that main riff or that little guitar motif you hear in the in the breaks it keeps throwing you different things to listen to yeah um so yeah i mean there's not really much to say about it is there no i do have one more thing the chorus with that descending chord progression mm. uh descending chord progression my favorite by yeah. the way for anyone listening uh i thought it had a bit of a powder finger tinge to it you're going to ripped off Powderfinger. Well, it's I did, it's I did, 2002. Yeah. So. Well, two th- yeah, around that time. They didn't have too much to 
to steal that point. But in particular, it's during the second chorus, which we actually just played, and you hear that chorus guitar come in, just those single notes that are played under that main chord progression. To me, it had a real powder finger sort of touch to it because they've used chorus in a few of their biggest hits and it just had that similar mm. similar um, atmosphere about it. True. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. We'll move on to the next song now. So this is the big hit. I'm not sure if you've heard this song. Feel. Feel. I'm not sure if, you've, if you know If you've it. heard like one Robbie Williams song, this, this could one. be it. Yeah. So here you go. Too much light running through my veins, going to waste. And I need to feel real love and love forever. I cannot get enough. Well, it's just one of those all time great songs. Yeah, isn't it? Um, we were talking about some things we didn't quite understand, um, especially towards the end of the song. Yeah, there's a... We, we love our spoken word sections yeah, here on the podcast. We, we do, this certainly isn't the first one we've brought up, but it's a female voice and I can't really make out what it's saying. It's, it's almost of, like a bit robotic. Yeah, a little, a little bit, bit robotic. Yeah, we did that same time. Um, so, yeah, that's... I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. You have to kind of add something a bit different, perhaps. But um, and also at the end, right at the end of the song, kind of where it fades out, um, there's the kind of like almost like a pre-chorus that he mm. sings, and that's with the with that guitar lead, the slide guitar. Yeah, yeah. That we hear some. And it sounds a bit clashy to me. I've never really liked. It. I've always kind of okay. I've always kind of moved to the next song when that part has come on, but. Um, the piano is just fantastic. Yeah, we'll start from the beginning. This, that yeah. opening piano straight away adds that big point of difference to that previous track, yeah. How Peculiar. How Peculiar, which had this real sort of sleazy style to it. Yeah. And also with the way Robbie's singing, we got to talk about Robbie, of course, as a vocalist during this album. Mm. Previous song, Robbie had that real sort of sleaze in his voice. And here we hear a bit more of a sentimental Robbie. Yeah. Uh, and he, the Robbie you take home to see your mum. Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of... And it's great because you certainly hear the power in his vocal. Yeah. This song certainly displays that. During that second chorus, which we just played because it was a little more dynamic, uh, he goes into that, you know, Brian Adams-style raspiness. Yeah, I was trying notes. to pick who I thought it sounded like. And Brian Adams is a great, like, yeah. you nailed it with Brian Adams. I was thinking Bruce Springsteen, but I was thinking... Yeah, hey, that it, also. It's, 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 it's higher than that. Mm. It's a real... He almost knows... He knows his capabilities as yeah, a vocalist, yeah. but he almost knows that it's gonna sound when he hits that note. It's gonna it's gonna sound raspy, mm. and he wants that. Yes. So it's actually using it as a device. It's not like him going, "Oh, you know, I won't be able to hit it. But I'll try it anyway." Um, the Yvette Brothers are a great band that do that. That's right. We've covered them. They they hit that spot as well where they're at their voice is at kind of their, their limit, um, but they know how to control it. Um, that was a great thing because it all already had a big kind of emotional thing behind it. And yeah, then exactly. That just took it you know, right to the next level. He's really trying. Because we've already heard a chorus and a couple of verses by yeah. that point. So hearing just Robbie going to that next like he level. He wants with to feel vocals. real love. He wants to feel real he's love. He's trying to tell you that. Speaking of uh, feeling real love, you might be able to touch a bit upon lyrics, but it sounds like Robbie just sort of wants to settle down. He's experienced the showbiz, yeah. the sex, drugs, rock and roll of lifestyle, I suppose. <sighs> and he just. Longing for something real. Well, yeah, I suppose 
he's always not really liked uh, kind of false personalities. Mm. He, uh, there's a song later. Um, he says, "It's actually I think it's actually in Come Undone." Um, talk to a bunch of celebrities that I despise. Yeah, like he's not a great celebrity. Yeah, not, almost, not a great role model. There's almost, perhaps, a, there's back almost, in the yeah, day. there's almost like a school that celebrities go to to, to learn how to be how to be a celebrity, yeah, and how to be interviewed on Graham Norton and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, you know. And he's never fit into that at all. Yeah, um, yeah. He's always just said, "I'd rather, I'd rather be playing soccer." It's just something he's always kind mm. of a famous quote whenever he's going to go and do something amazing. Like there's footage he's about to go into play in front of Nebworth and for half a million people. He said, oh, "I'd rather be playing soccer." You know, so he's got, and he doesn't, he doesn't mind. He doesn't mm. care that on some days he's not feeling it, or he doesn't want to be the celebrity. And I think the the public image is something that he battles a lot. And so I think you're right on uh, as far as um, lyrical. We, we are talking about uh, the lyrics here, by the way. Yeah. By the way, um, just so all of the listeners understand that. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's it is fairly self explanatory. It's uh, mm. it's about you know. And he's only, he's not all that old here either. No, what, this was 15 years ago, so he probably, late, late 20s? Yeah, he might be 30. Yeah. Um, so, so he's still quite young. Yeah. But saying that there's that added level of maturity. He'd been that in I Take That since he was 17 mm. and played in Take That for six years and then left and had yeah. six or seven years of his huge solo huge, stuff. Massive. So yeah, a, a great song to have on the album, on any album really. Really, it, yeah. It seems you could almost put this on any on any album. Yeah. And it would fit, which is a a um a a great representation yeah. of how good a Testament song it is. Testament to how good Testament, it is, yeah. that's the word. Uh speaking about Robbie's vocals, believe it or not, these are actually the demo vocals that he recorded. Hmm. So they did the, you know, rough demo track, rough instruments, and then Robbie came in to, to sing the tune and, you know, he sang it quite well, and then the time came to uh, re-record the song so they did all that with the instruments guitar drums all that and then Robbie came in to sing it again but he just could not sing it as well as he did previously yeah. and he I think there was an interview I uh, was watching where he openly said that I just I could not sing it as good as I, I sung it that day when we did the demo so what you're hearing there is the demo take yeah his vocal and it sounds still sounds fantastic oh, yeah it's and it sounds like there's so much um, passion and performance mm. in it you know I, I would love to hear him do it when he's really trying, you know, a demo, <laughs> a demo is almost like a sound check. You're mm. trying to do a bit, you don't, you don't want to, yeah, just get a feel for too the much song. energy. Yeah, so that's yeah, amazing. I mean, I mean just to, to plug something, we're co producing an EP together at mm. the moment, mm. uh, something a bit different. And we laid down some demo tracks the other day, just some rough guitar and, and all that, and just to get a feel for the song. And then we'll, you know, go on to re record some of that and then put in vocals and drums and all that but yeah, yeah it's, definitely it's what you do you just you, know, you, you take your it's best like, it's like a blueprint it is and, and you, you always take your best your best take wherever that may be mm. um so I've, I've known producers to to always have the mic going yeah when they don't so oh we're just gonna do a practice run now just, just do it how you do it on stage you know have a bit of fun with it mm. and they don't know that it's actually recording and yeah. it's gonna be a really good take i so. think a case in that uh just quickly going off topic was uh, Eddie Van Halen doing Eruption for the first time. Yeah, he just did it in the studio as a, just a you know bit of fun or something. He didn't even know anyone was recording him. Yeah, and the producer at the time I don't know who it was recorded him doing that, and that's the take you hear on the record Van mm. Halen one. And to this day, he says I actually played it terribly. Yeah, right. I could have played it so much better if I actually knew I was being recorded. Yeah, well, you, you don't know that, do you? Mm. You can never, you never know that. 
Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, I suppose doing this podcast. We'll finish this point quickly. Mm. Doing this podcast, we 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 like to have a lot of opinions on production and stuff. And then when you and I get in there, I got you engineering and um, yep. putting mics in places, and we're doing all that kind of stuff. Um, of course, we're using the great Adobe Audition as our door. Um, traditional, traditional music door. Yeah, so um, it's <laughs> that's why I called you in initially because it's the we do all of the podcast on on Adobe as well. So Thanks to our, all our friends at Adobe, <laughs> just about Adobe Audition, uh, we love your products. Uh, give us money. So with yeah, that, just just throw that in with that. Um, uh, yeah, so it's good. To, yeah, it's good to get a bit of a bit of experience on the board as well. Yep. Uh, that was quite a long segment, so we'll move straight yeah, on to the that. next song, Something Beautiful. If you can't wake up in the morning, cause your bed lies speaking at night. If you're lost, hurt, tired or lonely, can't control it, try as you That was something beautiful, wasn't oh, it? Oh, fantastic song. It's, it's it, so clear and clean. Again, a different sort of song. So we have three songs and they've all been totally different so far. This song had a bit of a, a lazy Sunday type of mm-hmm. you know songwriting feel to it. Yeah. A very, very laid back. A bit of a walking down the street uh, kind of song. And something that actually explains that it, is that this is a song that was actually offered to Tom Jones. Really? To sing, yeah. Before it was given to Robbie to to perform and it was reworked quite a bit based on that of course but and also this song um it's funny because i just read that and when i first listened to it i thought that you know this has a bit of a a michael buble sort of style to it you know it seems like a song he would he'd take under his wing yeah great fans of the podcast oh smooth 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 cameron daddo loves us uh so it starts with a very cheery piano intro which again, something very different. I mean, we had that piano intro with feel, but this one's just a very up tempo, and yeah. you know, it puts you in a good mood straight away. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also, I'm just about to play the section. Have a listen to the bass as well in this verse because it's taking that role of being a melodic instrument. It's just doing those little. Yeah, well, it's given the room, isn't it? It's given the space and the air to do that. Yeah, to do that instead of just following the root notes. So yeah. we'll give that a play now. The silence was pitiful that day. Love is getting too cynical. Passion's just physical these days. And then after that, we come into the pre-chorus. And again, everything's quite cheery at this point. Then during the pre-chorus, you hear one of my personal favorite chord regressions, which is a major turning into a minor. It's the same chord, but it's a major to minor transition. So in this case, we hear the D major to start things off. That transitions to a D minor. Mm. It provides a great uh, change of tone to the song and just 
just that feeling to the song. And yeah. then that goes to an A and then to, I think to an A7. So, so if anyone's playing along at home, you'll know exactly You, you can cross do. those off the, the bingo list, yeah, the bingo card. Um, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, um, the, I mean, the tone of the entire song is kind of equal to the tone of all of the separate instruments. Do you mm. know what I mean? So yeah. the piano is playing in a way, it's almost kind of the, the main instrument. Uh, it feels as if the drums and the bass are kind of following the piano rather than the rhythm section yep. and then um, and all the other instruments. Um, so I think it's got a great kind of bop to it. It does, yeah. Um, I mean, something beautiful. You'd hope that it would be a, a happy song. It would have that sort of uh, feeling to uh, it, and of course and it, it does. does. And it's yeah, really well produced, the sounds. I mean, the the inclusion of the... I'm not sure if you picked it up, but it was a sound like a bongo in the very start. I didn't. Playing along with the, with the snare. Um just to lighten the sound of the snare like all those little as i often say there's little decisions to to create an overall sound um, mm. there's that and the horns are great they, they need to be yeah mentioned. I, I was just about to bring up the horns in there's also some strings in this song yeah and i think the decision to bring those aboard uh because before this album robbie did a swing album yes uh which he toured heavily on and i think it was just like rework swing ways. Uh, Swing Both Ways was the recent one he did. Oh, really? There was another one he did oh. uh, in the early 2000s. Oh, um, Swing When You Winning. Yep, that's it. Because he had another album called Sing When You Winning before that. Ah, right. So, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, so that was just a lot of reworked old swing yeah. songs. And with that, of course, came a lot of added instrumentation, including brass, strings, which hadn't really been featured on a lot of Robbie's work so far. Yeah. But here we are, and it just fits beautifully into songs like this. Absolutely. And I think the song takes a leaf out of that swing album. Yeah, I was going to say, well. I was gonna say yeah. is that why you're bringing the swing album up? Because it's, mm. it's taken some kind of um, idea from it. Mm. Um, it certainly would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll move on to the next song. So this is Monsoon. So put your hands across. quite an interesting one monsoon in that it reminded me a little bit of how peculiar because there's a couple of different styles in there yeah it starts off with that lovely clean section which is that mix of that clean uh, electric guitar and acoustic guitar yes then the chorus eventually comes along and i'm just thinking there's a really like ramonesy punky inspired yeah. piece of music well he, he can be a bit of a rocker robbie oh yeah um, yeah he certainly loves the big symbols and yeah. We we hear a bit of that later on as yeah, well. There's some guitars. really big yeah, guitar big rock, choruses. Big rock songs, yeah. So he's not a stranger to that, and his voice suits it as well. Um, he's really belting out some of the notes on this one, isn't he? This is like a big effort song. Yeah. You know, it's like third quarter, you're down by 25, and you need a real big effort. Time to lift. Time to lift. And someone needs to stand up. Mm. This is this kind of this is this kind of song, <laughs> uh, and Robbie is that guy. So. Um, yeah, this is probably one of the better songs on the album, at least for me. Just in is that terms, right? just in terms of enjoyment, I just think it's a really fun song. I think the the content in this song oh. is beautiful. So, some some of the lyrics are very tongue in cheek. Yeah, which, you know, when this album came out, we were discussing this just before we uh, started recording. This album wasn't really received that that well. It was well. canned. Yeah, it was canned. Like by Rolling Stone, uh, our good friends of Rolling Stone. We do Thank have you. a lot of respect for Rolling Stone, uh, but they had. 
two and a half out of five. Well, I, I think our respect for Rolling Stone can just go straight down the drain well, after it. that review. Yeah, I mean, and, and none of it. I mean, the problem with those kind of um, reviews, you know, essentially you should get your album reviews straight from us is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Because we validate <laughs> what we say. And if we disagree, you and I disagree... We go, all right, as long as you can validate it. Mm. It's not It's not good to Exactly say, right. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I just don't like just this don't because like I, I don't like it. Oh, dig deep, mate. Yeah, dig find, deep. Try and find something. So, I think that's why I was around. I'm going, what is going on? I think it's got a lot of great songs. This one especially is a real single for me. Yeah, uh, that that chorus is so, it, um, yeah. you know, waving your arms in the air. Sort oh, it's of, great. And, yeah. and when, it, when they play this live, there's a lot of that. Everyone's oh, they did this hands, live? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know... Um, I've got regrets. I've smoked too many cigarettes. Um, yeah, it's very autobiographical, isn't it? It, it, it definitely. You very, know. very tongue in cheek. You know, I've had more blondes than brunettes. Yeah, I think the, the I'm here to make money and get laid. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's it. And he is, and, and he makes no apologies for that. Mm. Uh, I think the ones with the you know all your meat money sells. It's you know spending the night with me guarantees you celebrity. Yeah, I, I noticed that, and that Those, was another brilliant lyric. That's a great thing because that would happen a lot. You know, I, yeah, you, I, you'd sleep I with a random with, person, I slept and with because Robbie you're Williams. Robbie Williams, that person just hits the stardom. Yeah, so it's very honest. Autobiograph- autobiographical is definitely the the word. It's uh, it's a story of mm. of fame, you know. And there's a few of those, as I said on the on the record. This is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, Come Undone is another really good celebrity yeah, that, song. Yeah, that's a lovely song. A little bit later, so stick around for that. Yep. I'll also uh, give a bit of attention to the bridge that provides a nice little refreshing change after that real punk distorted guitar like yeah. chorus. And the, and the uh, guitars are shimmery and yeah, chorusy. Yeah, yeah. And- it you know goes back to that sort of clean uh, style that we heard in the intro. So I'll play that now. And with that, uh, next song, Campbell, Sexed Up. This is the first song I heard of the album, and I'm going to try and remain conservative, but I think it's a contender for number one on the album. All right, well, let's get to it now. Why don't we break up? There's nothing left to say. I will say, when I saw a, a song in this album called Sexed Up, I wasn't expecting it to be a sentimental acoustic ballad. It's interesting, isn't it? It's I always thought it was a really honest song. And yeah. it's really it's, it's interesting because it's a, kind of about the guy being on the receiving end of, of the hurt. We hear a lot of pop songs, mm. kind of your Adele style of, you know, this dodgy bloke. It's always a dodgy bloke. It's always a dodgy bloke. There are plenty of them, mate. Um, so this is a kind of the other way around of Robbie being really upset. Um, and you can just hear it. It's, it's sentimental. Yeah, you certainly hear like a bit of vulnerability in his voice, yeah. particularly early on, you know, just that little voice crack here and there. Yeah. And you hear that falsetto towards the, the end of the chorus, which he does surprisingly well. It's a really high note there, but, you know, it's certainly not 
as strongly delivered mm. as the rest of the chorus. Yeah. Or that, you know, note just at the end of the pre-chorus where he's really belting it out again. Yeah. You know, and that just adds that touch of, yeah, vulnerability and hurt and... Yeah. You, you really hear it. Which is good because it balances really well with this kind of celebrity song. Yeah. You know, it's, in, it's so interesting that he's got this, you know, songs about having lots of girls and lots of drugs and doing big shows and yeah. being a celebrity and then he's got a song like this which is kind of shows that he's, a, he's affected same, by some yeah, of it yeah in the same kind he, of vein he, of he's, feel. he's only human yeah and he feels what of, we feel yeah it's kind of like feel isn't mm. it it's the same similar kind of story um so i, I think it's great i think that a very guns and roses uh inspired and i'll explain why yeah go on patience mm. um has the stop in the middle yeah comes back on there's a little bit of whistling right at the end yeah there is I think you there might is. be a bit of a patience fan by the gunners okay. that's all I have to justify that uh, that claim whistling yep and the stop <laughs> and the stop and the stop because no other songs have that no that's it um, screw you I didn't like your taste anyway anyway um, yeah that's uh, the bridge that's the bridge I think that's one of the best bridges you'll hear uh, this I- album has some fantastic bridges and what a bridge should do is take a song and elevate it to something bigger. Hmm. And this is an example of a song that does that. And, you know, with the bridge, you want some lovely chords in there that, you know, really separate it from what's already happened. And there's some, chords, there's some chords towards the end of this one that just, oh, they're just lovely. I think secondly, um, a bridge should offer a bit of a break from the main mm. kind of motifs. So I think... Um, it, it goes up and it's a key change immediately. Mm, yeah. Um, not by much, a couple of semitones maybe, but it's certainly a, a definite key change uh, and a, a definite change in aggression. I feel. Yeah, the it, lyrics just change. Yeah. Like you hear that screw you and yeah. you just, it just it takes really, really just, yeah. Because the, the, the first half of the song is trying to work through something, trying to to discuss and come up with a solution and then at the mm. end he realises oh it's not yeah. worth it you know so I, I think we'll give that a play yeah that's yeah, a fantastic yeah, let's part let's do that screw you I didn't like your taste anyway I chose you that's all God's wasted Saturday I'll go out and find you. Yeah, so a great song, a great bridge. Yep. Um, the, the other thing I will mention just mm. before we move on to the next song, uh, you were talking about the outro earlier. Yes. That little bit of whistling. I want to bring to attention the piano and guitar, some of the instrumentation happening with those and how yeah. they're interlinking with each other. The pianos, you know, playing these this lo- these lovely higher notes and the guitars doing it. I, th- I think the guitar's got a bit of a chorus effect on it. Yeah, well, they, 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 they use that a lot trend. on this album. Yeah. So I'll also play a bit of that because I think there's some lovely changes. And I think it's a great way to end, end this song. So mm. here you go. I hope you blow away. That's about it. We'll move on. Absolutely. Love somebody. Trying to love somebody. Just want to love somebody right now. This is just no pleasing me. I want to love 
been many an album uh, over the journey, Campbell, mm. where there's been a song that we could say it could be in a James Bond film. Yeah. I think this is that song. Yeah, I think this is that from song. this album. It's, that it, could be a Bond song. It is. It's, And he is very James Bond. Um, he certainly has that quality. Yeah, too. that whole shake and not stirred. Yeah, yeah. Very touch to him. Very glamorous. Mm. Um, yeah. Wow, that was a big song. That was a big song. Mm. And well placed as well. Yeah, because everything's had this... Everything's had that almost like tongue-in-cheek or mm. autobiographical touch to the music so far. This yeah. this just is Feeling a big, a serious, like epic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it seems like a lot of effort has gone into the song. Mm. Um, I love the lyrics. You know, there aren't enough minutes in an hour, an hour, and an hour was, in a day. And it flowed so nicely with yeah. that uh, the rhythmic phrasing. Yeah, long, long phrasing mm. with this as well, um, which I think is a real confidence thing. I think lyricists that are happy with their ability will stretch as far as they need to. I think Jeff Tweedy from from Wilco is That's true. the king. He'll just have as long whatever he wants to say, he's going to say it, and it'll fit. It'll fit because you know he can. Um, this song builds really, really well. Yeah, I think the a really good example of that is the transition from the verse into the pre-chorus. Yeah, it just lifts. It just lifts. Yeah, and just like you start getting pumped for what's coming yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, your heart starts being faster yeah. in a way. Um, I, I often wonder if other people feel the same way about some songs as I do. Mm. Like, do, do, do we all have the same reaction to songs? You know what I mean? Like, mm. is it... Is well, that's it, the thing about music. It's so... Everyone does have a... Can have a different opinion on yeah. it. It's so subjective. And There's a, there's a human... This I think there's that, that human quality about mm. music. I was, I was out last night and I saw this this kind of... It's kind of thrash metal band at the Brunswick Hotel. Oh yeah, they weren't like screaming or yelling, but it was like real, very Megadeth, very eighties thrash. Yeah, just the good stuff. Um, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is sick. And everyone around me was like, just kind of bopping their heads. And I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, just because I, I know it's what I felt like listening to at the time, or. And so it shows that not everyone has the same reaction. But listening exactly to this right. song, this yeah, it builds, it just builds up. And then I, I noticed that there was that part where it's, I think it's the bridge, another great bridge. Yeah, I sort of uh, because we just played that because I thought it was a bit of like the end of the chorus. Yeah. Uh, so I sort of attached that to that. But yeah, the backing vocals. How good are the backing yeah, vocals? Yeah, and, and that's very Bondy as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, you've got those female backing vocalists there along with Robbie. Yeah. To just create this sort of choir effect. Mm. I love the use of the uh, synthesizer for the bass. They didn't use mm. bass guitar. It had that deep like yeah, which really worked. Um. Almost like a very futuristic kind yeah. of way of doing it, especially yeah. for 2002. That would have been very, um, very unique. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was, it was fantastic. I kind of forgot about this song. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've only listened to this album once, and this is a song that didn't really catch me the first time around. But listening to it again, those backing vocals just caught me. Yeah, straight well, so, away. Sometimes it's you just you only need one element. You know, you only need one part of the song, or one instrument, or, or one yeah. performer to go. You know. That actually works yeah. really well. And also, I'll bring up the lift in the, that comes from the pre-chorus again, and I'll also play it right now. Mm. So here you go. 
in black and white and it's hope that springs eternal for everyone if it ain't broke then break it all the damage done try and love so you can hear the tail end of that verse there and how that just lifts into the pre-chorus you hear those uh, legato strings yeah and it just slowly builds robbie singing with a bit more intensity and it just builds to that big i think you uh, had another bit of a guns and roses sort of feel about it didn't you yeah i i did um i, I don't really know why i think it's probably the probably his vocal at mm. this stage um at this stage it's, it's gone now <laughs> um yeah i think it's the, yeah, just the aggression factor. I mean, but if you think of like really great lead singers to emulate, Axel Rose would be right. Yeah, up any there. any heyday. Regardless of what you think of him as an individual, <laughs> which a lot when it comes to rock stars, you have to do that a lot. Mm. Um, re- remove yourself from uh, from a personal connection. Um, yeah, so a, a brilliant song, a great lifter of the album. Yep. If by any if by any chance you're getting bored of the album, this is something that will bring you back. It's hard to be bored. What we're six songs in. Yeah, not one. It's, it's been song. six from six, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. What are those negative reviews about? I think that's a record for us. I'm not sure we've had six in a row of songs. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know yeah. we've had threes, fours, and fives. Like, but th- this has been a great run so far. Yeah, yeah. We make it seven from seven. It's revolution. Um, that's. I'm just going to steal what you said because I think it's a good thing. Yep. I'm going to claim it as my own. You said we had six. It's six in a row. We did, and that's probably six and a half. It's close, isn't There's it? Like it's not a bad song. It's not a bad song. No. I, think, I certainly think like get it on, get it on, get it on. Yeah, like we just played. That is, is that, that's fantastic. That's the, I mean, if that's all you hear, that's probably the best part of the song. Everything else is a bit. I, I think it's. I think I've worked out why. I think it's just because it's the same melody over and over again. Yeah, it is a bit repetitive, this yeah. one. Um, and it's the chorus. much the, point of difference. Yeah. The chorus isn't really dynamic. No, and the chorus it, it sort of just blends into the rest of the song. Then similar. you hear that, get it on, get in that part, and it's it just stuff. lifts the song a thousand times. Yeah. Fold, yeah. A thousand fold, yeah. whatever it's called. You know, I know what you mean, mate. It's yeah. all right. Um, yeah, so not a bad song. Instrumentation's great. Horns. Backing vocals. I love how the guitar follows that get it that get it on part. It becomes yeah. a bit of a riff. That yeah. that's fantastic. Uh, duet as well. Yeah. Did it need to be a duet? Um. Well, I just I like her voice. I don't know who yeah. it is, but I like her voice. Um. I suppose it adds that point of difference to the song as well. Yeah, and he's had a lot of duets on his other albums. So he had you know, okay. kids with um. Oh, Kylie. With Kylie yeah. Did he know. do that at the concert? He did. Yes. And he had his. Um, one of his backing vocalists to play Kylie's part, who was very good, a far better singer than Kylie Minogue, so he probably should have gone with her. Um, <laughs> she probably would have been seven when the song came out, so she, maybe she wasn't all that good for it. Um, 
Yeah, so yeah, I, I think he just likes duets. He's done a lot of duets with you know Tony Bennett and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, of He's course. Done those kind of jazz standards and um, you know my funny Valentine. I think he did as well. So he likes the duets. So mm. it's I, all right. I do like how he. You know, he lets himself off the chain a bit towards the end, mm. and you know, starts doing a few more screams and mm. just yells a bit more. That's a that's a bit of the crazy Robbie that I think's been maybe lacking a little bit from this album. But that's just like the slightest. Yeah, criticism. it's probably a bit of it's it's been probably maybe a bit too professional for mm. some listeners. Well, it's interesting because I was saying to you before the podcast, this is the album where Robbie came out of the sh- his shell, and I think I said it earlier. Yeah. Um, and he started contributing more to this album in you know songwriting and production and things like that. And because in this behind the scenes video I watched, uh, which I'll put on the Facebook page. Oh yeah, it's a good watch. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. Uh, his producer, or one of his producers, uh, throws back to the first album when he when they were making it, and he was saying how he was you know doing the work while Robbie was sitting under the console just pissed out of his mind yeah yeah and just you know <laughs> spending 20 minutes saying to the producer you're so cool man yes yeah. he's, he's an american accent for some reason you're so cool man yeah he's so cool um and all that and you just sort of compare that to robbie now where he's a lot more restrained i suppose is he is he off the drugs y- at this yeah point? He's, yeah he's been sober for like 15 years okay so this is that's where fun robbie sort of died he was a still bit. he was still on the drugs in this album Oh, good. He's still on the coke, so that's it. I mean, I spoke to I think very much tongue in cheek about how when a kind of a singer, especially a frontman, comes off drugs and comes off alcohol and it's just themselves. When you've gotten to know mm, yeah, their kind of their personality, their personality heightened as it may be, uh, they get a bit boring. Yeah, you know, which is a horrible thing because yeah, it, it is because you don't want someone to do drugs. No, you try, don't want to force someone to do drugs. Yeah, they try and, and Robbie was really and he was, a, he was a fun individual, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean they they try and better <laughs> their lives and as the consumers of their art as we are, we go, oh, no, it's not good. We don't want that. We would rather have you on coke, but uh, <laughs> you know that's the thing. So, what were we talking about before we were talking about drugs? Revolution, the song. Revolution, yeah, good yeah, song. Good, yeah. It's all right. It's all right, song. it's all right. Probably the only like okay song from oh, the album. Yeah, so well, far, so everything far. else has been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to a song that I like quite a bit. This is Handsome Man. That's just a song that covers all bases beautifully. That's as fun a song as you will be. I know, it is so great. It is great. It is the most, probably the most tongue in cheek song on this album. And to me, um, I'm not sure if I was the only one who thought this. It sounded like it could be like a theme to an early 2000s reality TV show set in like Hollywood or something. Yeah. You know, Jim Turner's an up and coming model hitting the streets of LA. To kickstart his career, spend the next six weeks with us as we follow his journey. The world's most handsome man. Yeah, that's it. That's an interesting um, 
interesting connection you made there. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, it's hard to listen to that without really laughing. It is brilliant. There's it's... some fantastic lyrics. Uh, put the Britain celebrity. Yeah. Uh, another great lyric that's actually, you know, makes you think a little bit. I'm going to milk it until I turn it into cheese. Yeah. You know, the fact that a lot of celebrities will just, you know, keep repeat, rehashing the same whatever, yeah. for, you know, and they'll squeeze every dime they can out of it. Yeah. Um, this is just such a fun song. Yeah. I loved this one. It's just, really, yeah, it's, really it's honest, it. as honest as you can be, you know. Pleased to meet you, you know, let me go and wash my hands. Yeah, because you've just met the, the world's, world's, world's most handsome man. Yeah, it's very, very clever. Uh, yeah, and his whole life, everyone's been telling him, yeah, he's, he's this really good-looking young man, and mm. it's kind of uh, ingrained in him, yeah. I suppose. What was the Roger Moore reference in there? Yeah, um, Sigaloid... Um, Litchfield and Roger Moore. I, I don't know why he's in that. We, we've done Just, an, we've done another album where Roger Moore was. Oh, we have, haven't was we? Was mentioned, <laughs> and it was quoted that he doesn't know why he was in the song. Okay. And I'm going to think about another that. Another reoccurring character on the podcast. Yeah, Roger Moore. Um, well, I think Roger Moore is just really kind of. Well, we mentioned James Bond earlier as well. Da- oh, look at this! Very dapper. Uh, yeah, looking. maybe he was just like referencing good-looking people, just, and just Roger Moore just sort of fit in the uh, rhythmic phrasing of the tune. Yeah, uh, we'll mention the bridge as well. Another great bridge. Yeah. I find that if you don't know where to go to, for a bridge, always go the minor six. Okay. Uh, which in, so, for example, in the case of E, if you're yeah. playing in a song in E or whatever, for a bridge, go to C. Yeah. And it just provides that nice touch to the song and this is what that song this song does I'm not sure if it's E going to C but it's that same interval yeah. so we'll play that now and also uh, we'll keep it playing for a little while because there's a 12 string solo yeah I didn't I didn't pick that as a 12 string I thought it was just kind of overdubbed but it might be overdubbed you yeah. never know but it, to me it just sounded like a 12 string right off the bat I think it is, and yeah. then there's a key change to boot afterwards yeah. Yeah. so here's all that Again, fantastic song. Just this big smile on my face right now. Yeah. That is the, the I mean the production um you know, it works hand in hand really well with the the, I mean, the, the performance. Mm. It's a real performance, this song, I think. Uh it'd be hard to do this in a in a booth, in a vocal booth and not really enjoy doing it. That's true. Um Well Robbie always seems to enjoy himself in the vocal booth. Remember what I showed you earlier? Yeah. Uh I was watching the making of the documentary again. I'm going to refer to it that a few times during this podcast. I know I already have, but uh, have a listen to this and to how Robbie likes to record his vocals. Now, I did record an awful lot of the vocals naked. Gives you a certain vulnerability. Um, you know, it just feels good to be naked, man. 
clothes are so binding. No, no. <laughs> Did you get the Superman outfit? I actually went to the studio in a Superman's outfit. It's really liberating because you've actually got a set of pecs in this suit. It's like a cardboard set of pecs. Feels great. And uh, the funny thing is, in Los Angeles, is if you turn up at the recording studio dressed as Superman, nobody that works there bats an eyelid. Hi, Robbie. You know, everyone has their own methods. That's it, mate. If it, if it works, if it makes him comfortable. That's that's fine. Um, I'm not sure how much of that you played, but uh, I love the bit where he comes in and they go, in LA, you, you walk yeah, in. Yeah, Superman. You, you, walk yeah, in as, you walk in as Superman, dress up in a Superman costume, yeah. and they go, yeah, get out of here. It's about on par for what he, yeah, what he does. Yeah, that's but, what you'd expect. Yeah. We'll move on to the next song now. This is another big hit from the album, Come Undone. Watch me come undone. Come Undone, that was just another brilliant song. More in the autobiographical vein, as we've Definitely. heard of in some previous songs. Definitely. He re- he's really harsh on himself in this one. I, I presume it refers to his uh, substance abuse yeah. in the past. And you hear in the chorus that he calls himself scum. Yeah. And he really, you know, spits that out. He means out. it. He really spits yeah. out that scum. Yeah. So he's well, filthy c- on himself. Well, I think because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't enjoy... Uh, the whole celebrity thing, you know. So he's risen to the top, and he's mm. well almost doesn't like it. You know? Yeah, and I mean, some people deal with the celebrity thing in different ways. Some people really enjoy it. Some people really struggle with the pressures yeah. of being a celebrity, which can lead to drug abuse, yeah. uh, alcohol, just whatever. Yeah. Really. So, of course, Robbie, uh, you know, had to deal with that in the early years of his career. He had a few horses in the race, mate. Well, yeah. He had a lot of those different issues. Uh, So this is him just, you know, coming clean about it. Yeah, you know, come undone. It's a a good title. Yeah, Um, and just lyrics like, I pray that when I'm coming down, you'll be asleep. Yeah. That's a great lyric. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's autobiographical, of course, and it it paints a picture. Um, You know, they're selling razor blades and mirrors from the street. They're talking about easy access to... Yeah. How easy is to, to kind of to get on? Um, yeah, I, I found this um, really enjoyable to listen to. It's a it's a real story. Mm. Um, you know, if I'd stop lying, I'd just disappoint you. You know, it's he's got a bit of a he's built up a character that he feels yeah. he has to play. You know, so you almost feel that he is a character, like when you see him on stage. Oh yeah, I think he's... that's a, it's an augmented version of himself. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, another great bridge. Yes. Another great one. You hear that build-up of the strings uh, and that real continuous vocal melody that mm. Robbie sings. Uh, and that's the Saturday yeah. one we mentioned yeah. earlier. Uh, so, we'll play that now.
also interesting addition, that little guitar solo at the end. Yeah. I mean, we had that 12-string guitar solo from the previous song, but this one, you could say it's a bit more of a traditional guitar solo. Mm. That lead, which we've heard, you know, thousands of times in a variety of different songs and genres, but... Here it just provides that it's it's refreshing because we haven't heard that before on this album. Yeah, I mean, I'm really hesitant with with bands who are just like, oh, we need a just, you need to need a guitar solo because we're a rock band. Yeah, and all that. When I mean, you and uh, your band at the moment sort of have the mission statement of serving the song. Yeah, the best. You know, not tacking something on because oh, you know, we've got to feel our obligations as a rock band. Yeah, you I mean, I think with 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 my band is our, our guitarist comes up with some really great melodies and mm. stuff that we want to use as melodies not necessarily as solos right i think when you when you separate those two things you go well this we really want to put this in the song unfortunately we're going to have to put it in as a solo yeah because we don't know how else to put it in um so we try and do things around him to make it more interesting okay so i would i would play um you know if i'm playing an eighth shuffle rhythm mm. i go to a 16th Okay. to really speed it up and create a bit of tension that way because yeah I do feel that some solos can be quite boring Indulgent. especially when they're slapped on you yeah. know they're not musical but this one is is great because it's it's kind of legato it really stretches out the notes and yeah, and yeah those bends and yeah mm. and then you hear Robbie singing over that so the guitar solo isn't the main focus of course. yeah it just adds that extra well, bit of, be, it adds that extra bit of color it's always got to be the Robbie show song. you can't take too much attention to away from Robbie Williams of course well if you do you'd be in trouble yeah <laughs> you've got the next flight home I think come undone the music video uh, was quite heavily censored by MTV mm. uh for depicting Williams uh, having, I'm just reading it now, three-way sex with two women, mm. as opposed to four women in three-way. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, the video also highlighted graphic images of people vomiting and fist fighting, uh, probably, you know, just referring to that topic matter of coming undone. Yeah, just a, just a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, and, and uh, of course, I'm sure he had to deal with this, uh, a cockroach crawling out of a person's mouth. Yeah. Of course, Robbie had to deal with that several times throughout his career, yeah, I suppose. big problem, big problem. I think that's about it for Come Undone. So we'll move on to a song. It's quite interesting, this one. You talked it up quite a bit in the lead up to me listening to the album. I, I think I, I think I called it the greatest song you'll ever hear. Okay. Which is quite a big statement. Be cool. <laughs> this is Me and My Monkey. So, me and my monkey. Uh, yes. Uh, tells the tales of of Robbie and um, and uh, a monkey, oh, really. See, I was I was listening to the lyrics, and is the monkey a metaphor for like a monkey on his back, like the like yeah, the ev- evil evil mon- evil Robbie, you know, yeah. like Robbie's dark side. Yeah, because monkey isn't a real monkey, although that is something that I, he would do. Because he would find that funny, uh, and it is funny. It's it's quite comical, but yeah, some of the lyrics it's, it's like you know, there's good Robbie and bad Robbie, mm. and bad Robbie is taking him down the garden path. You know, doesn't want to kill no Mexicans. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, if I mean, we can't really play the whole song, but if you 
do get a chance. Listen to me, and my monkey. It's it's a real tale. Yeah, it is, and it's uh, it's quite a good story. If it was like spoken yeah. word, it would be just as enjoyable because it was. Well, that's the thing. Robbie's such a performer, and the way that you know he'll give characters different voices. Yeah, it would still work. My name regardless. is Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, my name is Rodriguez. That's right. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and the music. Uh, in itself is also fantastic taking inspiration from like some mexican style yeah uh, genres by you know having those trumpets those sort of lucha libre yeah. sort of style that reminded me of um kind of like a, a city hall by the great tenacious d the great tenacious d of course um, that, that's a real story as yeah, well yeah it tells the story and and the music's almost just a bit of a vamp you know mm. underneath it um so yeah, I thought it was a great song. I thought it was weird, but but cool in the same way. Yeah, I'm I'm actually very glad that they took this risk because for an album of this magnitude, mm. a big international pop artist yeah. doing a song like this, that's almost a bit of a you know Bob Dylan inspired mm. uh, song in the way how it tells a story uh, is a big risk. But mm. including it and including it late on the album as well, mm. also a, quite a risk. But it changes tone of the album quite brilliantly by adding that different layer to what yeah. we've heard before we've heard you know happy robbie we've heard sad robbie we've heard uh angry robbie fun robbie angry robbie here we see um an interesting storytelling sort of robbie yeah you know introspective robbie mm. indeed so but i really enjoyed that it i'm not sure if uh i'd agree with your description of your best song i'll ever hear best song you'll ever hear i when i first because i hadn't obviously heard this album in a while I put this. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this song. Yeah. it wasn't as I remembered it. Yeah, but I, think I must have confused it for a different song. But I was uh, pleasantly surprised with this one. Yeah. So next song uh, is called Song Three, hmm. despite the fact it's actually Song Eleven on the album. I'm not quite sure how to feel about that one. Um, it's yeah. It's um. I almost find the chorus a little bit jarring, uh, right. considering the build-up from before. I think the verse is great. The pre-chorus you were saying it has a bit of an oasis touch to it. Mm. Then the chorus comes along, which we just played, and it just seems a bit much. You know? <laughs> He's just got a bit overboard. Has he? Yeah, I, I honestly think he has. Um, and you know that's something considering it's uh, Robbie we're talking about. But I just, um, yeah, I thought it was very overwhelming just that chorus. But everything else I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. Um, I thought it's just another kind of feather in his cap. You know, it's just well, yeah, he can do the kind of grunge thing. I think. Yeah, it's, grunge. It's, it is a bit grungy, especially when you hear those, uh, you know, real growly yeah, yeah, yeahs yeah. in the background. Um, yeah, I didn't mind it too much. I, I understand how you say it is. It is definitely jarring. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit odd, but I like odd. I don't mind that. Yeah, is this supposed to be some sort of tongue-in-cheek parody of Song Two by Blur? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Song Three, maybe. It sort of has that. I mean, they're completely different songs, but the chorus just had that similar um, 
you know, big loudness factor. I suppose the chorus of song two. Be interesting. It's something that he would do. I don't know why he'd pick on Blur. I suppose they're big, big British. Yeah, they'd, they'd be buddies, wouldn't they? I don't know. I don't know why they why they wouldn't be. Mm. I suppose it's a big British band that he can make fun of. Yeah, but I'll uh, I'll uh, pay some attention to the uh, verse. Mm. I thought the verse. Uh, I love the the bait just that you know it's all big and empty you got the bass filling in some space and then robbie comes in you with a little catchy melody line mm. so we'll give that a play Yeah, I'd say that might be my least favourite so far. Mm, okay. And uh, so, yeah, we've got three songs left. So we'll move on to the next song, Hot Fudge. Bit of a return to form, that one. Not the greatest song on the album, but no. certainly enough there to, you know, make it a little bit different from everything. Yeah, I think um, he goes for a real, um, like, it's almost like a, a musical piece. Yeah, you know, isn't it's like it? something like Fame or like Chicago, like mm. a big, like, lots of horns, lots of dancing, you know, that's what it feels like. Especially um, at the end of the chorus that we just played with the whole repeated LA, LA, LA. Yeah. And you hear the added like congos and bongos in the background just add that extra layer that's a very musical sort of style yeah um, which I think really suits him mm. um, I'm interested to see if he does the musical that'd be a cool thing for him to do that'd be a really Imagine really him cool in a musical thing. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I don't have much to say about this one really yeah it's um, it's got a bit of a I always found it was a bit Lady Madonna, the piano intro to the oh, song. Oh, yeah, very kind of chuggy piano. Yeah, you said like a Billy Joel, something Billy Joel would do. That's certainly the case as well, so we'll play that now. And there was a point in this song where I was starting to get a little bit bored. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think it was just after the solo section, which was a bit unnecessary. I didn't think that was didn't add too much to the Yeah, I tend to, to agree. Yep. Uh, but then you've got the build-up to the chorus and the part where they're singing Sunset Rodeo. That just builds up and it's this big choir of vocals and then it goes back into the chorus. That was a great, great yeah. bit of use of dynamics. Definitely. So Definitely. I'll, I'll play that now as well. So we're into the tail end of the album and this is where, you know, these songs tend to struggle quite a bit. Yeah. And funnily enough, this song, uh, the previous song, song three, and the next song, Curse, were all removed from the American version. Hmm. Which is funny because a song like this, this song is pretty much about LA. Yeah, that's true. So it's <laughs> yeah. funny that they would remove something like that. But 
Uh, we're, yeah, we're into the last couple of songs now. So here's the next song, Curse. not really sure where to start with that one it's it's got a lot of redeeming qualities but as a whole it just didn't really no mesh the way i wanted it to no oh i just think it's uh i don't know why he put that in it's just enjoys it maybe yeah i mean there's a couple of parts that i thought were fantastic i thought the verse uh this really catchy melody line and in the second verse you've got these like a bit of like a call and response sort of thing with some female backing vocalists. I love that sort of thing. Uh, and that really just lifted the song at that point. So I'll play that now. Chorus is okay. I've heard better. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the tone of the guitar either in like the main riff. Yeah. It's a, certainly a tone we haven't heard so far, but I thought they'd be better going for something a bit meatier if they're doing this sort of, again, a bit more of a grungy sort of song. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think a lot of it's been, uh, a lot of the song has been kind of relying on that guitar virtuoso kind of stuff you know oh was that somewhere in this song i yeah. didn't i didn't see it anyway yeah it's just really guitar isn't it yeah but speaking of like lead guitar yeah i don't it was really disappointing to hear the lead guitar to this song and i'm not saying that this particular like lead style is bad it's certainly great with a lot of songs but here i was expecting something a bit more and it just kept repeating and repeating yeah. it just it, was, it seemed very uninspired yeah that's fair a bit, a bit stock if yeah. you will yeah, if yeah. you were. Yeah. Uh, and what I what I did like is that the ending of the song, t- it turned it into a bit of a piano ballad. I think, oh yeah, that's a good turn. I, I think the song I, I could have the been song, yeah, more. Yeah, of that. I think the song could have been wor- reworked really nicely as a piano ballad. Yeah. Maybe um, thought he had we, a bit too much Maybe piano. replacing that piano section at the end with a more heavier part to mm. really provide <laughs> a lift at the end. Yeah. But yeah, aside from that, I didn't really didn't really get behind it too much mm, fair enough so we'll move on to the final song now this is nan's song As much as I like the song, I think it's strangely positioned. 
kind of they leave you going like oh at the end of the album when it's been such a yeah it just yeah. like i think it's a really beautiful song and yeah i love that main guitar motif you hear throughout the song that's yeah. lovely but i think to put it at the end of the album to close is a bit um kind of short anticlimactic time. yeah especially after all this all these iterations of robbie we've heard throughout the album i wasn't mm. expecting sentimental robbie to take it out yeah I would I would have liked maybe a me and my monkey, you know, as a as a bit of a closer, you know, leave really leave the audience something to think about with that with the story. Yeah, there's something about, uh, yeah, how you know life will go on kind of mm. thing. I think that's probably a better way to do it. But um, I mean, with the title of the song Nan's song, I presume, you know, his grandmother passed yeah, away. Yeah, and, you know, he had quite a strong bond with her and. Yeah, I think that's when he penned all himself. Yep, yep, you're right. That's right. So, um, it's yeah, it's not a bad song, but yeah, it's a lovely little song. Yeah. But I, just don't, I think as a, as a closer, not it's, uh, yeah, maybe a little anticlimactic. So, with that, I think we'll move into our post-album discussion. So that was Escapology by Robbie Williams, Campbell. Overall, what were the what were your thoughts? How, how do you feel revisiting the album because it's such a, a, you know, almost like a nostalgic album for you? Oh yeah, I think it. I, I, one thing I've worked out is I think it starts like too heavily. I think what they should have done is put some of the dodgier songs in between some of the really good songs. Yeah, because there are moments where it's just hit after hit up. After hit because you look at the first ten songs, the only song that you know you might be a little hesitant towards is Revolution, and even that had some terrific moments in it. Yeah, it's and just then those last three or four songs. It's kind of, it, I mean, it loses me, I suppose. And I, I, I don't really, I haven't really listened to those kind of songs with much kind of intent because mm. you know with the with the kind of consumerist attitude we have to music these days, you could just skip it and listen to something else. So it's true. I didn't really um, yeah hear it all that much, but um, I can see why now. The bit you know just leaves you on the lurch a little bit. I think. Yeah. Well, overall, as a first impression of this album, you know, coming in listening to this album, actually, I'll start here. I was wondering if this would be a hit album yeah. or an album of hits. Yes. You know what I mean? There's a difference yeah. between the two. Uh, like a champion team or a team of champions. Yeah. Exactly. I mean. Uh, album of hits you know that might have a lot of great songs on there but do they mesh together yeah. as an album yeah whereas a hit album just that's your dark side of the moon that's your yeah. back in black your you know all those sort of albums mm. those two are, albums we haven't we haven't touched no no two artists we haven't touched yeah but overall listening to it i think i can safely say that this is a hit album and mm. i don't know why the press were so hard on it mm. at the time because maybe because it's robbie williams you know Mm. I mean, and this is when Robbie started to mature a little bit. I'm I'm not sure if they were, you know, already privy to this and they were more partial to, mm. you know, his earliest stuff. But I think there's a, some fantastic songs on here that are just going to be left underrated for the, the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a song like Handsome Man. Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah. I've, I've never heard that one before. That is a terrific piece of songwriting. That's... Yeah. You know, going to go unmentioned yeah, for, well, for a long time. That's it. It's, or has so gone unmentioned. It, it, it plays a big part. I suppose what he, what he plays in his 
concerts is generally indicative of crowd response and media response to his album. So mm. yeah, there's a they go hand in hand. If you don't have a very successful song, it's less likely to be played live. Yeah. Now, can you give me a you know Campbell's three song picks from the album? No, in non in in no order. You can have a look at the track listing if you yeah, want. Yeah, um, Monsoon. Yep. Um, Sextart. And, oh, God, it's tough. I know, there's so many good ones. Uh, and probably Love Somebody on this, just on this listen alone. Yeah, probably yeah that, that was a good one. If I listened to it a week ago, I might have a different three. Yeah, it is that sort of album because it there are so many hits on there. Mm-hmm. And it depends on what kind of mood Just you're good in. songs, yeah. Because, yeah, Robbie, I mean, the way he sings and able to, is able to capture emotions in his songs. He's got songs for every occasion, yeah. really. And what about yourself? What would be your, your top three? Oh, it is a tough one. I'd go... I'll go Something Beautiful. Mm-hmm. really like that one. Handsome Man, of mm-hmm. course. And Come Undone. And that's a good three as well. You know, that, that, yeah, could, it's, it's, you, that could be my three next yeah, week. You never know. There is no wrong answer here unless yeah. maybe a song like Cursed or Song 3. Cursed, just top three, Cursed, Song 3 and... <laughs> hot Fudge. And hot Fudge. <laughs> All right, maybe you do have the wrong answer. Yeah. Uh, in regards to songs that could be taken out, those three probably yeah, headline it Sounds the, like the American the version's pretty bang on. Yeah, well, the American version adds a couple of songs that aren't on this album. Yeah. So I'd be interested to have a bit of a listen to see how that affects the overall uh, collection, if you will. If, and also some songs are restructured, like, as I said before, Feel is the opening song on that version. And how Peculiar is removed completely and is uh, added in as a little reprise at the end of the album. Mm. But overall, this has been a terrific Terrific album to listen to. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. I had a real blast listening to this one. Even yeah. the more serious... Yeah, it's still done with an element of songs fun, yeah. Like uh, Love Somebody and um, Me and My Monkey, which... I mean, Me and My Monkey, where, again, that's another song. Where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, that one I, I wasn't sure about, but giving it a listen, it's a lot of fun. Mm, it is a lot of fun. So, that is Robbie Williams' Escapology 2002. So... So, I mean, you've had a, a big couple of weeks seeing Robbie Williams mm. and even bigger now discussing his album on track by track. Big Robbie, few couple of big Robbie weeks. Big Robbie weeks. And, uh, I mean, he, he's got a pretty big discography now. Yeah. His last album, he did another swing album uh, a few years back, mm. which is the side of Robbie I really like. Because yeah. I think he he can sing anything, can't he? Yeah. He can, it's just the, his voice is so versatile and we've heard on this album how many different styles he's able to do. Even like the the grungy stuff like song three and he can, curse he, he can, he do, he can well. do that sort yeah. of stuff um and just going back to song three it's not as though i didn't like the chorus yeah but it just sort of jarred with what had come before it if the whole song was just full throttle yeah. it would the transition wouldn't have been so abrupt but yeah just really really good stuff so that's it for track by track today so if you've got a spare minute to give us a rating and review on itunes be sure to check out our facebook page for details on upcoming podcasts or just you know we share little bits and pieces on there you may have seen in the last week we've got a new logo mm, very uh, I've, I've been sort of tinkering with that on and off for the last uh, month yeah. believe it or not 
and um, it's just you know every time I thought I'd had it you know I was just like no nah, I don't like that don't like yeah, that yeah. that's got to change that's got to change um, so without further ado my name's Jack Walker I'm Campbell Moran and this has been Track by Track with Campbell and Jack see ya bye So just jumping back in. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're back. We're, we're, back. we're back. You can't get rid of us that easily. Uh, so that was the first of two little bonus hidden tracks yeah. on the album. So this is the How Peculiar reprise. So yeah. just remember, How Peculiar was the first song on the album. Even though this isn't so much a reprise, it doesn't... It's not... It's not mentioned. Song, it's, it's not mentioned. It's not the song at all. It's something completely different, unless we're missing something yeah. obvious. I suppose the um, the kind of the vocals are similar. Yeah, it's maybe a, it was done in the same a session. Sle- it was a sleazy vocals, kind of an unused and, bridge, and maybe. That. Yeah, maybe. I mean, with how varied, how peculiar is as a song, I could certainly see this being put in at the end or something yeah. along those lines. But it seems a it seems a strange thing to put in. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And what's interesting with bonus tracks, I mean. They were they were big when vinyl was really dominating uh, music and everything because, you know, you'd spin your vinyl, you'd reach the end of the final song and you'd think that was it, but the vinyl would keep spinning. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear this little bonus track at the end that it wasn't on the, well, the, on the record sleeve. Well, the Beatles very famously with... Um, Her Majesty. Yeah. Of course. The only That's thing the one. is, is that the magic of it is sort of taken away a bit because the version I've got here up on Windows Media Player list... Um, it lists Nan's song as 15 minutes and 37 seconds. Yeah. So it's in, uh, it's including those two bonus tracks on there. So it sort of spoils the surprise a little bit. But yeah. look, as a bonus track, that didn't really do any harm. No, I suppose not. Leave it there. But that's not all. We do have another bonus track to get through. So this is I Tried Love. For those who weren't really satisfied with Nan's song as a, as a closer, isn't that just a fantastic yeah. little piece of music? Just Robbie Williams asking all these weird questions about life. Yeah. Uh, who came third in World War Two? Why is Christmas Day so long? What if uh, uh, Adam fancied Eve? What if Eve couldn't conceive and uh, Adam married Steve? Yeah, we'd all be gay. <laughs> we'd all be gay. <laughs> um, we, we'll just play that part yeah. really quickly because that is just fantastic. 
Why is there ketchup on my sleeve? Do you think that Adam fancied Eve? What if Eve could not conceive? And he had to breed with Steve. We'd all be gay. And just hearing that laughter afterwards, that just sort of brings it home that this is a bunch of people making a record. They're all having a great time yeah. making a record. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because you can hear his English accent much yeah, more in this song. Yeah, it shows a bit more in it, doesn't it? Um, and it sounds a lot less kind of produced. It's just very natural. Yeah, you, you hear him a counting in at the start. And yeah. The, I mean, it builds up and you've got that choir section that we just played before, but... Yeah, overall it's very... Gay. Yeah, what a way to end an album. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. That's a lot of fun. That's, that's much better than Nan song. I'm, I'm very happy with that. Yep, so you'd leave the bonus tracks on? Absolutely. I'd have that as a... I'd, have that, I'd put that on the album. Yeah, why not? I'd close that. So that was I Tried Love. And finally, this is for real this time. This is the end of this episode of Track by Track with Campbell and Jack. So one more time, I've been Jack Walker. I've been Campbell Moran. It's been Track by Track with... Campbell. And Jack. Bye. Goodbye.